Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You guys help me welcome to the stage the amazing Scott and Ann Travis and my beautiful wife. We're going to repeat what we had at dinner. Come on. So good. I am so excited. It was amazing, guys. I'm sure some people stuck around at the nine because it was that good to stay again to hear your guys' story. But more background to this is uh, that, Scott, you have uh, come from a background where church was probably like a, I'm anti-church, you know, the word church. Eh. 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 (laughs) And the whole, you know, probably Jesus thing. Eh. And then, uh, but all alongside with you is Anne, your beautiful bride, who was saying, you know, Team Jesus the entire way, right? And so this is a story that we're going to get into it quickly because we don't want to take any time away from them sharing this whole story. But what you guys are uh, about to listen to is a transforming story of a couple like this who they came into our church. We invited them to speak at Pathfinder, Hello. Pathfinder Conference back in November of last year. And ever since then, you know, they're like, well, maybe I'll check out this church thing <laughs> and has been coming. And from that time on, it's starting to open it up questioning, you know, God, like, who are you and in the journey for it all? So that's what I'm saying. Buckle up. Get ready. When you're here and you're questioning, you could be coming from different backgrounds and, you know, church hurt or control or whatever it can be. But you're in the right place this morning. Buckle up. Get ready. So we're about to dive in, right? Yes. Amazing so story. Yeah. We had a dinner and we got to hear all this. And we, Scott had said, really, we'll pick up the story at this painting, which we'll show right now. Did we even say that he's an artist? I did, when I entered him. Okay, I always miss things. I got it. Okay, good. Good, I'm glad you all know. Great. We might, coaching, how much, we'll talk later, okay. Uh, (laughs) No, but uh, this painting, painted at the end of 2022, so a while ago, can you just kick us off there, because you... Been painting Jesus a long time, and... Start there. Yeah, start Start there. Start there. So, yeah, so I'm... Yeah, we'd left, I started my passion of painting when we moved out here. I had a good friend that says, just go all in on it. And I started doing that. And um, so this, I've painted quite a few Jesuses. And this one was the end of last year. And it was like my battle with this guy right here. Um, and, and whenever I paint a Jesus, I paint the eyes last because I want it to talk to me when it's done. Um, and this one, the, the, the image on his face is kind of like me getting mad at him. So it's like, a, um, it's like, it's almost like a mirror. It's like, what are you trying to tell me? Because I don't hear what you're saying. You're not, you're not talking to me. Um, and so that's where, that's where it really, you know, it kind of got off on that. And, it, and it, was the end of the, it was the end of the year when I finished it. And I was just mad. I just didn't understand why. And I wasn't, I wasn't mad in, a, in an effect where, you know, it would affect my daily life. But I was just like, I paint you so much. What are you trying to say? You don't talk to me. 
Like, I don't, I don't feel you talking to me. So what's going on? on. You know? So you're getting this painting done, uh, getting ready to go on a trip. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the talking so, started, right? <laughs> yeah. You've been painting Jesus for how long? This has been a while. Yeah, a while. I mean, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. But it's I, pretty I, cool how amazing, talented he is. And he's yeah. doing this and it's, yeah. you know, getting sent to people's households, changing their world, you know, with well, really, Jesus the in first, their house. The first Jesus painting, one of my <laughs> good friends, he said, why don't you paint me a Jesus? And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like... All right, cool. I'll paint a Jesus, and it was pretty. It was pretty intricate. It was. It's. It, it, we can go into that too. But 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 the whole thing is is is. So this was the painting, and we were going on vacation with some chosen family, and through a, a, some interesting things that happened, we got separated on a plane going to uh, California, and I was like. God, what's going on? I, I put my hoodie on. I didn't want anybody to talk to me, and I just started. I don't know if you pray. I don't know if it's praying or talking. I talk. I don't know if I pray. I just talk. Come on. So I, I talked. I'm like, bro, what's going on? I, like, I don't, I don't hear you. I don't feel you. What am I supposed to feel? I, I've, I don't like this Jesus thing because I, Jesus is freaks. I mean, when I grew up, if you were a Jesus person, you had to like go all out and just be flamboyant and everything. That's not me. I don't, I don't raise my hand in church. I don't, I don't pray out loud. It's like, it's a meep thing. So I put my hoodie on and sat next to the window, which I never sit next to the window and sat next to people. I don't like sitting next to people. So I just sat there and like, bro, talk to me. And there was like, Oh man, you have a voice. And I'm like, what is this all about? So I was asking questions and it's just questions. And I'm like, Wow, this is pretty interesting. And uh, so we landed, and we had some, you know, wonderful things happen, you know, before before we went on our trip. And so fast forward, we get on the sh- we get on this cruise ship. Now, a cruise ship has three or four thousand people. You don't you don't see anybody. And the very first day we walk on, and uh, it's just me and my wife. We're walking around, and probably from here to the front row, this old guy. I mean, just way unapproachable guy, like really unapproachable. And he looks at me right in the eyes and he goes, I'm like, me, the dreadheaded weirdo? I'm like, okay. So he, he, he holds his hand out like this and he does it again. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's an invitation. So I go over there and I put my hand underneath it and uh, he hands me a purple cross that I put on. I'm like, a purple cross? I'm like, this is kind of weird. Why is... Why is this old guy giving me a purple cross? So I really didn't think about it. I put it on. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe it's a God thing. But also, aren't you like a person, like you wear jewelry, right? Yeah. And, and what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're She's asking, are you sure you're not in a flamboyant? Okay. But it's like a thing, though. Like, like you're a person that who would like, it speaks to you because... Yeah. I remember you saying at dinner that it's like a thing that happens to you. It's not like I have people just walk up and to me. Yeah, people give me, me people give me jewelry I wish and, and people it's, did. it's really interesting. So yeah, yeah, so it's like a unique thing. So I was anyway. inserting that. Okay. All right. I wear jewelry. Um, I paint my nails and I have dreadheads. It's all good. Um, so where were they going? So he handed me the thing and we and we just kind of let it go, let it go throughout the week. Um, and that's kind of where that's kind of where it ended with that. But you recognized it as a God thing. Well, I kind of yeah, I kind of thought okay, well maybe this is 
you know, you, you kind of, if someone hands you something that you ask for and you just say, oh, well, that was just a coincidence. You know I mean? That's kind of what I went. I'm like, all right, well, that's crazy. So we went through the whole vacation. We had a great time and, and it was wonderful. And the last day, it was just like burning on me. I'm like, why did this guy, like a whole week, because I, I, I put it right on. I'm like, if you're going to give me something, I'm going to wear it or I'm going to appreciate it. And I'm like, man, I got to find this guy. Where is this guy at? And mind you, four, three, 4,000 people, never seen the guy again. And we, me and Ann were walking down the, on the bottom part of it. And I said, I, I, about an hour, hour and a half, I said, I can't find this guy. And she, we look at each other. I'm like, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And I turned to my right, and the guy is sitting right there. Oh. Like, just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, now I've got to ask. So I'm like, I walk up to him, excuse me. I go, can I just ask you a question? And he goes, yeah, sure. And he, I go, the very first day you gave me a purple cross. He goes, I know. I'm like, can I ask why? And he goes, God told me. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. Okay. <laughs> kind of a coincidence. So... That this was the last day in the morning. So we are now getting, we're getting coffee in the morning. We, now, we never got coffee together except for this last day. And all of a sudden, this gray man, if you know what a gray man is, just totally, just khaki pants, nothing crazy about him, nothing real yeah. distinct about him. I didn't know him. what a gray, gray man was oh, until just, you told me. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, he, he, he looks at us and he goes, hey, you guys look like you had a good time and everything else. I'm like, okay, I guess we're real approachable because we're, kind of weird. So, um, so he goes, do you guys like, do you guys read? I'm like, yeah, I guess we read. He goes, do you like history? I'm like, yeah, I guess. And Anne likes history. And she goes, okay, cool. He goes, I'm 85 years old. I'm writing a book. He goes, this is, it's just a great book. And then, you know, so we chit chatted a little bit and then we left to the other side of the boat and we started, we sat down and had coffee. We were drinking coffee and all of a sudden, boom, this guy's standing right next to us. I'm like, this is the last day of the cruise, right? And, and this guy's standing there, and he goes, so you do like history, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. He goes, do you know about Jesus? I go, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, he goes, well, he goes, most of my, he goes, my book is, I, I have 87 reasons why Jesus should be real. And he pulls out, he pulls out his notepad, not even a notepad, excuse me, it's, it was a folded up piece of paper. And he sat down and he said, well, welcome, you know, sit down with us. And uh, <laughs> like, so for the next literally 45 minutes, he just went through each and everything and he, and he, and he handed it to us and he goes, have a good day and walked away. Can I say something really quick? I'm not trying to talk all the time. No, go for it. Okay. But when you guys were sharing this with me, I asked... I asked you, and I was like, well, he said that he was an author of a few other books. I'm like, did you look him up? And you said you did, and you couldn't even find him. No, so I don't know if it was, you know. Could have been Angel. Could have been. Saying. I don't know, but that's really cool. Could be. <laughs> could be, I yeah. Find him. I, I tried spelling his name a bunch of different ways, and it never popped it never up. Came, it never popped up. But isn't that so sneaky of and God, it, you know, to put <laughs> it? It's like, just say you're an author. And, you know, they'll believe you. And right. <laughs> you're good. No, I want to be a great man. Look awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so this was kind of the end of the, the vacation. And, and again, remember, I, I finished this painting. I was, like, not mad, but I just was, like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, where's my life going? I need some questions answered. I need 
not, not direction, but it's like, I want to have a relationship. Like, what is, ha- what is happening here? And I always felt like I did have a relationship with God, but I wanted to go deeper. I mean, I just wanted, I wanted more. Like, I'm going all in. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so we get back from vacation, and everything is fine. And then? So we're back from vacation. I'm just not feeling good. I'm taking three to five hour naps every day. Um, and I'm thinking maybe I'm just old now and <laughs> this is my new life. And uh, so I don't really give it a lot of thought. And I was supposed to meet with my friend Jessica on Sunday. I wasn't feeling good. So I asked her if we could move it to Monday. She's like, no problem. So she brings me lunch. And I go to put it on the counter and I drop it on the floor. Ten second rule it. Still ate my lunch. <laughs> good job. It's Mobetta is my favorite. So um, anyway, um, so we're chit-chatting, and Scott looked at me a couple times and said, are you good? And I said, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And I said, I have to go use the restroom. I'll be right back. Well, we live in a three-story uh, apartment, and the middle story doesn't have a restroom, so I had to go up or down. I went up, and I get to the second step, and I can't get my right foot to move. And I say, honey, can you come help me? I'm having an issue getting up the stairs. And so he comes to me, and Jessica comes around the corner laughing, thinking I'm joking. And they both quickly are like, uh-oh. And wow. Scott looks at me, and Jessica says, can you move your right arm? I go, yeah. She goes, well, then go ahead and move it. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's just hanging there. And um, they look at it, we all look at each other and go, I guess we have to go to the emergency room. So uh, Jessica's a nurse. What are the odds? Come on. So we go to the emergency room and uh, I'll just condense it. And so they send me in for an MRI and a CAT scan and they come back to the room and they said, you have a mass on your brain. I'm like, hmm. Like, you guys, no anxiety, barely even concerned. And uh, I'm like, okay. And the day before, Jessica had skied with one of the top neurosurgeons in town, Dr. Mark Reichman, and she got on the phone with him. And uh, he ran us through the entire thing of what we should do. She was she was she was taking pictures of the CAT scans and what the doctors were suing. And like this is I think it was probably about midnight. And we have like the direct connection with the top neurosurgeon that you know, God put our beautiful friend Jess right in front of us. And wow. we're going the, the the neurosurgeon was telling us what to do before the emergency room doctor and whatever the emergency room doctor said, it's like, no, we're doing this. No, we're doing this. She was like an angel warrior. She's like, We're gonna decline that test. We're gonna decline that test. No, we're not going to that hospital. We're going to this hospital. I mean, it was just what what we would have done without her, I have no idea, because they wanted to send us to St. Mark's where they don't have a neurosurgeon, and they have a spinal surgeon who would have opened me up, done a biopsy, closed me back up, and sent some, me to someone else to do surgery. So it could have been radically different than it went. So thank you, Jessica. Wow. And, um, <clears throat> so we get to the hospital, to the emergency room. The, the next hospital, we get to the U, and everything is just fine. I'm having a good time, I'm joking around, um, and I'm totally happy and content. And so they said, we're probably going to do surgery on you tomorrow. And I said, okay. I think this is where, I think this is where Anne's faith comes in, where she's totally calm. I'm like right. climbing the walls. I'm like, yeah. what the heck is going on here? Right. Anne is just like cool as a cucumber, wow. making jokes with everybody, trying to keep us calm while she's just sitting there going, yeah, it's no big deal. Let's just go and take care of it. Yeah. So... God's amazing. God is amazing. So 
We meet our neurosurgeon. He's like this super chill guy that you just kind of want to hang out with. My, my, my interpretation of him, and if you're in the 50s and 50s and 60s in the old old time um, like hardware store, you know, oh, Frank at the hardware store, he goes, I got a number seven bolt right there on there for you. I mean, just, <laughs> He's a, such a, cool just guy. a good old boy. You know? Just total confidence, no arrogance, told us exactly how it was going to go down. And we're like, cool. So the next day, uh, so they ended up putting off the surgery until Thursday because there was water around the mass and they wanted to make sure there was no infection. Also, we had been out of the country the week before, so they wanted to make sure um, that we hadn't eaten anything funky. Uh, somebody from the, I don't know, was it CDC or Infectious Disease Control? Both of them. <coughs> Excuse me, came in and asked us a bunch of questions. And it was really odd because I love street tacos. I'll eat them off a wagon. I'll eat them out of the back of the truck. Like... I take a 10-second rule by lunch. I'm not that picky, right? <laughs> so uh, we, oddly enough, had never had a street taco. And so we told them, and they finally left us alone. So Thursday, we have the surgery. Um, I meet the anesthesiologist. Like, who doesn't love an anesthesiologist? And uh, he's chit-chatting with me, and he gave me a shot of something. That's the last thing I remember. So I wake up in recovery. And they asked me, what's your pain level? And I just pulled a number out of the air. I said, four. And um, so they gave me some stuff. But honestly, you guys, I honestly never remember my pain level going above a two at any point. So. Um, and, that, and, and they gave you, uh, uh, what was the one thing that they gave you? More, not more oh, they gave me Oxycontin. They gave her Oxycontin, and then they just wanted to keep saying, what, well, do you need some? I'm like, the I woman's don't need taking, The woman's taken two Tylenol twice since, yeah. since a brain surgery. It was like such a non-issue for me. So... Um, Prior to all this happening, I was in church the Sunday before. So this all happened the following Monday. And they said, if you need a miracle, raise your hand. <clears throat> I'm not a hand raiser. Neither is my husband, apparently. So uh, I just remember praying for reconciliation with our sons. We had two boys that we haven't been talking to. We haven't talked to one, and one hasn't been talking to us. And I just prayed for reconciliation and then just kind of forgot about it. The Wednesday before my surgery, both my boys... We're at the hospital. So, praise God. So and that's so after, grateful. like, three or four years of not talking, right? There, it was a long, a few years. That yeah, it had gone on for talking. about three years. And staying, and staying on the reconciliation, we talked about it last, last service, that I didn't even realize. But, so my mom and dad were divorced when I was one or two, like, really early. And the whole reconciliation, I'm 58 years old. This is the very first time I've ever spent Christmas with my mom and dad together. Wow. And my dad invited my mom over for Christmas Eve and for Christmas Day. Now, I've never, I've never seen my mom and dad celebrate any holidays. Now, I didn't know that Ann prayed for all this stuff, but when we were talking about it last service, because we talked about it, is the reconciliation goes, like, when you ask the reconciliation for anything, it goes deep. And what you think that you're praying for and what, what you're thinking that you're wanting is cool, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of layers to this. So, Amen. And I didn't even realize that until legitimately we were talking. I didn't even realize that until we talked about it just the other day. I know. That the reconciliation throughout our family was so complete. And it was just, we kept saying crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. Crazy means it's a God thing, right? Yeah, yeah. God is working yeah. in your life. And he's doing miracles, and you're having a hard time wrapping your head around what's going on. But um, so help me. So you want okay? So so Sunday. So she's going to go to Sunday. Now we're going to go pre-surgery. Remember, she. We, this all happened on Monday, 
And um, Sunday night, I, God, I, I started crying last, I'm sorry, whatever. I'm not sorry. Good. I'm not sorry. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Be easy on me. Um, we call it ice wedding. You're just so ice wedding. Ice. So, so Sunday night, um, again, we went to church. She prayed about reconciliation. I had no clue. We, we talked, but we didn't talk about we didn't that. Discuss it. Yeah. Um, and then I go to bed, and um, we're sleeping, and I get woken up, like jarred, woken up. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And I look at Anne, and I'm thinking that she's okay, and I'm, I'm watching her breathe. I'm like, wow. And I, fall back as, I start falling back asleep, and I get woken up again, and I heard this audible voice. Like, when I was talking to God on the airplane, I heard that voice. Wow. And when I, when I rolled over, when I was talking, like, I just got woke up. I heard an audible voice that said, cherish her. And not just like in mumbling, it was cherish her. And I would watch her breathe. And I put my hand on her chest. And I watched her breathe. And I would fall back. I would try and stay awake. And the minute my eyes closed, cherish her. And I would wake up again. And I, since she is such a woman of faith, and I'm still working on that whole thing. Um, I honestly thought looking, I, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but I honestly thought that Anne was dying. And this is before we knew she had a brain tumor. Like the feeling of me is like, get ready. And so preparing yourself, and I don't know what the message is with it, and, but it's like, I'm just feeling like saying, it. it's like, you know, cherish every moment Every single thing that you have. And, and, and if you know us, and, and, or if, as you get to know us, like, this is my number one. There's, like, nothing else. And when someone, when a voice says to cherish, when I think I'm cherishing her enough, and I'm cherishing everything else, I, I'll worship the ground that she walks on. But you may not know that, but she knows it. So, I mean, that, so, so that was beautiful. Sunday night. <laughs> so where Top are... that. <laughs> Boom. So uh, while I was in the hospital, I had this woman that I just, she's godly. I look up to her. Her name is Michelle Miller. <laughs> and uh, she called Scott and she said, where are you? Backing up, she, she was the one, she was the very first person that bought one of my Jesus pieces. Right? Very first. I love this woman so much. And uh, she had said to Scott, where is Anne? And he, he told her and she said, I'm flying out to see her and I'll be in tomorrow at like 3, 3.30. So... Prior to this, God said to Michelle, you need to go see Anne. And Michelle's like, oh, I got so much going on, blah, blah, blah. She kind of just set it aside. And then God told her again, you need to go see Anne. And she's like, I have so much going on. You know, you know those moments where God tells you to do something and you're resistant. And uh, so the third time God goes, go see my miracle. <laughs> she's like, okay, I'm booking it. So <laughs> her husband, um, she said, my husband never does this. He booked her flight, her hotel, and her rental car. And the next day she was on her way. So she came and shared with me, shared scripture, prayed with me. I'm trying to tell her my story the whole time I'm sobbing. And uh, she stayed for about 45 minutes and then went home at 7 o'clock the next day and headed home. But her coming to see me meant so much. So many of my dearest friends came to see us. And I didn't say this in the previous service. Jen and uh, Nate came to see us from Idaho, drove three hours to come see us. Saxon and Sean have a uh, written in concrete 
date night on Wednesdays. They shared that with us while I was in the hospital. But um, there's a big one that I'm missing. Just, I mean, if you want... If you want to go back, it's just this church, this this whole body oh. of people. That my my thing. We were part of a mega church when we were the last time I stepped into one. It was a big mega church, and we had a situation, a family emergency that happened, and my son went got viral meningitis and was in the hospital and in a coma and everything else. And we were at this church for three or four years, and I'm gonna as I'm sitting right here, not one person called. Two to three services. And I, I served two to three services. I mean, like, like I was the, the bodyguard for the pastor, like legitimately walking to make sure the pastor was good. And out of all that time, not one person. So that's my big anger, my big aversion to Jesus freaks. So I just, my, my thing about it is, is like this church and these people, like, I don't even know if any of you did it, but you all prayed and I, and I, and I felt it. And, and the thing is, is like, this is, we've really been touched by the people here, like um, um, amazingly no, touched. We felt it. Thank you so much. <laughs> we, um, we came home from, from the hospital and a friend of ours, Alex, had, my house was just, our house was full of flowers, full of balloons. And then church stepped in and Matt came to see us in church, brought the most comprehensive gift bag that I have ever received. In the hospital. We are turned on to so many new snacks, you guys. If you need a list, we'll be Loren, happy to Loren share. is the one right here. She yeah. gets, she's got them all. I mean, it face spray, chapstick. No. Chapstick is a currency in hospitals, I will just yes. tell you that. Yes. So um, it was amazing. And with all the family there, it was great because we all got to share the snacks. But um, when we got home, the church stepped in and brought us meals brought us gift cards for restaurants. It was such a blessing. Um, we received flowers from several of you and the prayer. The prayer is the most effective thing that you can do for anybody who's sick. It is mind-blowing. Because keep in mind, I had brain surgery with not a second, not a worry in the world, not any pain. I Literally the last day I was in the hospital when nobody was around, I grabbed my little IV stand and I was cleaning up my room. She cleaned <laughs> up a like, room. And I love to putts. So, and I'm like, if Scott comes in here, he's going to kill me. So I'm just like, you know. <laughs> but um, uh, so they sent me home on steroids. And I don't know if you guys have been on steroids ever. You cannot sleep on steroids. It's, you're just wide awake. And so I would lay in bed next to Scott. And it was like, praise God, weep. <laughs> download. Praise God, weep, download. This went on for five nights, just nonstop. Praising God, thank you for, you know, your abundance and how you just protected me. I mean, I was just like in a giant cotton cloud. Everything was perfect. Then just weeping, like my whole body shaking, weeping. I was so grateful. And then downloads. So Wednesday morning, I wake up my husband. It's about six o'clock in the morning. I go, I'm going to be an evangelist. He's like, oh, my God. Can I have a cup of coffee? Yeah. Can I just have my coffee? Yeah. I am going to tell everybody about Jesus and God and what he did for me. I am sharing it with the world. And uh, then I didn't know they were in Cabo, so I text Matt. And I said, I have got to share my testimony. He's like, okay, great. Then I texted them both like a couple days later. I'm like, I'm going to be an evangelist. And Lauren's like, boom. So it was really interesting. We have a podcast called Thou Shalt Not Kill, a podcast on marriage. Oh, I love and, this. Um, so we shared our testimony on this podcast, and people reached out to me, and 
this first one is kind of, well, I'll tell that one second. So this one lady had reached out to me, and she was having a really hard time. She had been sick. She had she was really struggling financially. Um, I tried to help her, like, with places to reach out to charities, that kind of thing. And then I said, but pray. Prayer is the most effective thing that you can do, and I'll be praying for you, too. And um, she's like, okay, cool. She reached out to me the next day, and she said, I am bawling. And I go, what happened? And she said, my uh, state tax check got auto-deposited to my account. It was like two to three times bigger than it, than I would I was expecting. And she goes, it's so going to meet my needs. And I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. So then a day later, this lady reaches out to me, and she goes, how do I get in touch with God? And so I, I was texting her back and forth. I led her through the sinner's prayer. This is her first uh, be, evangelist. Yeah, There's a learning curve, ready. you guys. I'm just be gonna... ready. Be ready. Here comes. <laughs> Typical so I, Anne. Here comes. I tell her, I tell her it's not unusual to feel emotional. Um, it's just the horny spirit. <laughs> the horny spirit. And I'm like, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And this is when we're like, this was, you know, she tried, she was trying to text the Holy Spirit. It came across as, you know, dang you, Siri. Auto type of horny. And we're like, well, see, that's why you guys are marriage coaches. You must be yeah, talking about. Spirit. I never use that word. You know, that well, all apparently the time. only when I'm yeah. testifying about Jesus. <laughs> So, what? Oh my you can gosh. pray that over but, us anytime. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day coming up. <laughs> and you're my evangelist Release now. the horny spirit. <laughs> oh no. Tune into our marriage. Oh yes, counseling. for married yeah. couples. Oh yes, that's a yes, good thing. Yes, if you're married, then yes, yeah. pray and with we receive. <laughs> but I just want to share a couple things with you guys quickly in that. God is in the details of our life. Yes. He loves us each intimately. He cares about what we care about. And he works in mysterious ways, but he works. So we may not think we're getting an answer to prayer. I prayed on Sunday. Wednesday, my sons were there. And prayer is so effective, you guys. And he wants to hear from you. He loves us so dearly. And there's a revival coming to Salt Lake City. There is a revival. And... The one thing that I kept getting over and over again is the kingdom of God is at hand. Do not tarry. Things are speeding up, and we cannot waste time reaching souls for Jesus. Be bold in your testimony. Be bold telling people about Jesus. It's not our responsibility how they take it, but it is our responsibility to deliver the information. And do it with love. Don't be obnoxious, because some will receive and some won't receive. But we have to tell them. We have to tell them that... Jesus loves them. God loves them. And we don't have to shove it down their throats. Tell them what you have to tell them. Tell it with love. And then let the Holy Spirit do the rest. What she, what she just said was, like, like, really impactful. When she says you don't need to shove it down their throats. We've been married for 36 years. And our religious beliefs have been not polar opposite, but a lot of differences. I've practiced a lot of different things, tried to find God in a lot of different ways. And Anna's just been there. She's been steadfast and just in what she is. So in, in, in a marriage, it's okay. I mean, like, if your husband or your wife is going on a different path, like, if, I don't know, I'm going to say, I don't know the path I'm on. I'm, I'm very clear on, a clearer path on where I want to go and what I'm on to. But I'm just saying that, like, she just dealt, just stayed in her ground. Like, just stayed where she was. And she just said, if, when you're ready, it's cool. But there was never there was never any of that pushing and pulling because I don't think that that's where it has to be. I, I found I am coming closer to God by me asking, me talking, 
But the biggest thing is, is listening. Because I could have got on the plane, could have got sat right next to Anne, could have just jibber-jabbered a bunch of nonsense, but I made it, I made it a, a, a intent. My intention was to hear what was going on. And I think that's what it so was. Good. That's amazing. Come on. Wow. And also, I just think, I mean, I'm echoing it again, but it's, we have a lot of situations like that in our church where it could be one of the spouses, the husband or the wife, who is on team Jesus, and then the other one is eh, questioning. And especially for women, I, I could speak for myself, I could be a person to, that can lean more towards control or to try to, well, you got to go here and, you know, just trying to scream it down them, their throats. But I think what's so beautiful is that you never did that. You gave the grace, right? Can you speak into that just a little more on your side? Yeah, I just gave him, we talk about this all the time on our podcast, Grace and Space. But God is a gentleman, and he's not forcing himself on us. So it doesn't, I wouldn't be honoring my husband or the Lord if I tried to force it on my husband, right? I have to give him space to get there on his own. And when he's ready to talk, I'm ready to talk about it. And I'm not shy at home about loving Jesus or being a Christian. So I don't know if I lead by example. I'm not perfect. I have a temper. I have a potty mouth. But um, big time. But I just love my husband. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. <laughs> this is why we love them. <laughs> Just be gentle with your spouse. Give them time. Give them patience. God's there helping you. He'll get through. So beautiful. And Scott, where would you say, I mean, did you kind of hit on it? Like, where would you say you're at now? I mean, when you were talking about the voice of Jesus, you were saying how it was a, or a voice of God, that it was a voice that was unlike anything you've heard before. I think you said it sounded like sweetness mixed up with, I don't know, you can explain it, but where are you at coming from anti-church, anti-all that? I think we're all in a process. And I think that with what I've grown up with and what I've, what I've experienced in a church and the religiosity of a church and all that other stuff, I think the more I put good in, the more that I'm going to get rid of the bad. How about that? I think that I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not raise your hand, praise Jesus and everything else. I'm just not that guy. I don't pray out loud. I'm, and again, it's a personal thing for me that if, if God wants me to be boisterous, then I, I'm sure he'll put it in me. And that's where, and I'm, I'm, if, if it happens, it happens. I'm very comfortable with where I'm at. If I get, you know, a hot prod in the side and I have to do something else, then I'll do that. But that's, that's just where I'm at. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am who I am. I love that. I know we're running out of time, but just quickly, I just want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers for your well wishes, for the gifts, for the food. It was amazing. So thank you so much. Amazing. Come on. I'm just blown away by when you ask, okay, God, I've, I'm here and I'm hearing what you have to say, you know, time after time of, you know, who's this guy wanting to give me a fist bump? Oh, he's giving me a purple cross or, you know, some guy, oh, I'm an author. What about history? And then 87 reasons. And I think you guys still have the, his notes, right? Yeah. I'd like to look over those notes. Someday. I want to see them. And, uh, and then just one thing after another, family reconciliation. God didn't t put the tumor in your brain, but he, you know, it was revealed so that he can take it out of take it out so you don't have to live with that and so you're sitting here healed and I f firmly believe that we're seeing a miracle the first person who Come asked on. Scott to you know paint 
the Jesus pictures throughout like her 10,000 square foot home, right? Was uh, that was the the start of the paintings? And then she's the one who said, "No, I heard from God. I need to see a miracle." that God is doing. And so what we're seeing right now is a miracle in front of us. And she flew out for what, like a 45 minute visit just to to see what's going on, to pray for you guys, but how God works everything together. And so we could be in certain parts of our our journey and, you know, figuring out again, like a church or it's not about that. It's, It's He's so personable, I would say, throughout this whole story is what my biggest takeaway is that he so cares about us. He so cares and loves that Scott wears jewelry and would have, you know, (laughs) send someone to, you know, do something meaningful like that. But it wasn't just in that one story, but it was time after time after time. They were reading Pastor Colin Higginbottom's book, Convergence, that was on the cruise ship. And God was doing downloads there. Honestly, we all just need to do a cruise ship, you know? like Cabo. God Cabo. speaks in Cabo. And I think we'll hear from him, but yes. I think it's amazing. Come on. Well, wasn't that amazing? Can we give a hand for the amazing miracle, Anne and Scott Travis? You guys can take a seat. We're going to wrap things up here. It's true, Ann, you are an evangelist. I was floored uh, when I was talking with them about the immense hundreds and hundreds of people flooding to Ann. And God actually spoke to me and told me why, and I shared this with Ann. It's because when you are doing life Jesus style, when you have him in your life, people feel it around you. So Anne is, like I said, she's God's champagne bottle in a human form, but but at the same time, that love, I think they've dubbed you Mama Anne, right? Like everyone calls you that in your circle. That love is coming from Jesus. And I love this painting. Scott, I've loved all your Jesus paintings, but you can ask Loren this. I talked about the eyes. I said, you know, they're all cool, but I'm telling you, there's gonna be a change in the eye, the eye. And this one, when I saw, I'm like, that's it. Because when I see this, I see fierce. I see fierce, and I know Jesus personally. This isn't religious, I know him personally. I know that fierce love, that he chased me down, and that he continues to chase me. Now, I wanna end with this quick story here. Because I want to, here's the deal. What I love about this story, I have no, I've been in ministry and around God so much. If you will ask Jesus to show you him, he will. He always does. When people are fed up with religion and they say, Jesus, help me, he shows up. And maybe today is going to be a collision in the little, in the path in the moments that Jesus has been trying to get your attention for some of us. When I was 17, my grandma was diagnosed with terminal cancer, second time around, riddled with tumors, and she was going to die. And they just were keeping her alive long enough to, for us to say goodbye. My grandma was adopted by her uncle, who was a deacon at a Baptist church, but an abusive, raging alcoholic at home. 
And so she, when she grew up, she said, I'll have nothing to do with anything they talked about. That's the curse of the enemy. Don't let a person deter you from who Jesus is. Don't let one jacked up person. But my grandma, her whole life, and I, I, my dad got into Jesus. He was a pot smoking hippie and then he got saved and he ended up going into ministry. And so I grew up like I was a pew hopper. Like I slept on pews. And, uh, and I remember just being weirded out because I'm like, wait, why doesn't grandma and grandpa go to church? It was just, you know, I'm a kid. And I just noticed, so I asked my grandma and she had cute little like, you know, oh, we have a faith. We're just not into church, you know, and it's, it's all good. But I could see it in her eyes. She didn't want to, she didn't want to talk about that. Even as a kid, I'm like, oh, she don't want to talk about this. There was hurt. So we're going to pull the plug and I'm 17 and I know the love of Jesus. And so not cramming it down my grandma's throat, but I go in that hospital room and I hold her hand and I say, grandma, I just want you to know Jesus is real and he really loves you. And I, I just pray that you'll talk to him. So that was the night they were going to pull the plug. They pull the plug. She doesn't die. My dad comes the next day. My grandma, who's supposed to be dead, says, tell Matt, Matt, that was what she called me, that I'll see him in heaven and that I love Jesus. Here's the wild thing. She stayed alive for another, I think it was six or eight months. And here's what kept happening. She, was going, she would dream and she was talking about her life. She was talking to her uncle. She was in almost a hallucinating state, but it was like Jesus was undoing all the trauma. And then she'd wake up and she'd grab my grandpa and she said, we've made a terrible mistake. You need to follow Jesus. You need to go to church and be with his people. Jesus is real. And she did this for six months, evangelizing to my grandpa and then also getting healing and then she went home in total peace that peace that Ann talked about why am I sharing that because Jesus loves so passionately he so desperately wants to get in your world in a personal way and start to undo fear, pain trauma he has a life for you he's life and life abundantly he has a life for you I'm not, this, this is about you and Jesus. This isn't about anything else. So I'm gonna ask everyone to bow your head. <clears throat> if you're on this path and you're ready to let Jesus in, the Bible, Jesus called this being born again. Jesus said that when you believe me, that I am who I said I am and I did what I said I do, which is I am God and I died for your sins. That he actually, there's an exchange that happens. He takes our sin, our shame, our brokenness, our messed upness, our trauma, all the stuff, all the junk, and he takes it and he goes and he puts that on the cross with him and he exchanges his life into your life. Not to make you a robot, to make you who you were always meant to be, to be alive and live fully. That's what he does. And so if you want to ask that Jesus into your life, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I just want this to be personal. I'm going to ask you in a minute, I'll count to three or whatever. You can raise your hand. Why are you doing that? It's just between you and God. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but 
I want to know who I'm including in this prayer, so I'll look. But if that's you today and you need to join Team Jesus and let him in, I'm just going to give you that opportunity on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand real quick. I see your hand. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like somebody in here might, you might be wrestling and I'm just going to give you that second right now. I feel like I got one more person. Yeah, thank you. I see your hand. This isn't like an auction or anything. I just, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. This is special moments between you and Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Why don't you guys all look up at me? Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. You can just kind of repeat after me. It's like wedding vows, but um, why am I doing this? It's not that I have to have magical words. This is between you and Jesus, but if you just mean this from your heart, if you'll just say these words from your heart, you watch. You watch that Jesus is going to step in and begin to show you who he is and what he does. So let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, this morning, I want to thank you that you love me you wanted me here today thank you for dying on that cross so that I could be forgiven and healed I ask you to come into my heart I turn away from sin help me just to follow you from here on out and give me your power to walk this out with you I believe that you died on that cross for my sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.